Romans 12 verse 1 says, I urge you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. We were made to stand apart. We were made for God, by God. It's time to live up to who God knows we can be. Please join us in this podcast to learn how we can do that for God because we love Him. A quote by Jonathan Edwards Almost every natural man that hears of hell flatters himself that he shall escape it. He depends upon himself for his own security. He flatters himself in what he has done, and what he is doing now, or what he intends to do. Everyone lays out matters in his own mind, how he shall avoid damnation, and flatters himself that he constrives well for himself, and that his schemes will not fail. They hear indeed that there are but few saved, and that the greater part of men that have died heretofore are gone to hell. But each one imagines that he lays out matters better for his own escape than others have done. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Living Sacrifice Podcast. I am your host, brought to you by the Lord, and today's podcast, the Lord wanted me to title this specifically. The title of today is, Warn the People. If you would please turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 33, we will begin. I will be reading from the Tree of Life version. The word of Adonai came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people, and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land, suppose the people of the land take a man from among them, and set him as their watchman. If when he sees the sword coming upon the land, he blows the shafar and warns the people, Then whoever hears the sound of the shafar, but ignores the warning, 
If the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the shafar and ignored the warning. His blood will be on himself. However, if he had taken warning, he would have saved his soul. But if the watchman sees the sword come and does not blow the shafar, the people are not warned. Then the sword does come and takes a person among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. You, son of man, I have set you as a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear the word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, Wicked one, you will surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked about his way? That wicked one will die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. If you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and he does not turn from his way, then he will die in his iniquity. But you have saved your soul. You, son of man, say to the house of Israel, You have said, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are pinning away in them. So how can we live? Say to them, As I live, it is a declaration of Adonai. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Return, return from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? You, son of man, say to the children of your people, The righteousness of the righteous person will not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Nor will the wickedness of the wicked person make him stumble in it on the day he turns away from his wickedness. Nor will the righteous person be able to live by it on the day he sins. When I tell the righteous that he will surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteousness deeds, righteous deeds will be remembered. But in his iniquity that he has committed, he will die. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, yet he turns from his sin and does what is just and right. If the wicked restores a pledge, gives back what he had taken by robbery, walks in the laws of life, committing no iniquity, he will surely live. He will not die. None of the sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right, and he will surely live. Yet the children of your people say, The way of Adonai isn't fair, but it is their way. Theirs that is unfair. 
When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he will die in it. When a wicked person turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live by it. Yet you say, the way of Adonai is not fair. House of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his ways. So the Lord has a lot, of say, lot to say in his word today. Um, as you can see, he has appointed me to warn the people. And those of you who are listening today, he has also appointed you to warn the people. You can see it right away in the passages of how he wants us to speak to everybody, everybody that we see, so that basically when the time comes when he brings his sword upon the land, they have already been warned. They will have no excuse. We are to warn people that dying in our, in our iniquities, dying in our sins, is no laughing matter. God takes warnings very seriously. As you see here, he says that if you don't grow the courage to warn, then the person that you do not warn's blood is on your hands. And that is a lot of responsibility, you know, to have on your plate. You know, um, how do you know if you're a watchman? How do you know if this applies to you? Well, are you a Christian? Check the box. If you see the things going on in this world, check the box. If you are aware of the appointed times and seasons that the Lord has revealed to you lately, check the box. Now, another reason or another way that the Lord confirmed um, for me to do this is that he showed me Luke chapter 1 verse 17, which says, And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient ones to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready for Adonai a prepared people. God wants himself a prepared people. And this makes sense if you look back at the parable that Jesus gives about the wise virgins, virgins, sorry. And this parable specifically talks about how ten virgins took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oils and jars along with their lamps. <clears throat> and in this parable, Jesus is trying to explain 
that he is the bridegroom. And we should be the virgins awaiting his arrival. And as I stated, he wants a prepared people. He wants us to be like the five virgins who were prepared with their oil. And the way that we can prepare people and ourselves is to do what the Lord says, which is to warn them, to warn them of their own sin, to warn them that this is a falling wor world and it's going to continue to fall and to crash because of the sin that is within it and the sp spiritual principalities within it attempting to conquer but we already know who holds the victory. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So he tells us right there, this earth will pass away, and it is passing away. That's why... Things keep leading up to how they are today. This earth is not our forever home. Our forever home is to come. Future tense. And in that Matthew 24 verse, he says his words will never pass away. And he wants you to know that his words hold significance. That the words that you read off the pages of the Bible will not go void. God is a prepared person. God is a prepared God. He has laid out the ways that which we should go. And he also has laid out a plan and he hasn't held that plan in secret. He has foretold his plan to the people who are listening. And those people should be us. And I'm sure those of you who are listening today are those people. And so I'm humbly asking you to listen to the message of the Lord today. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has given me this message to speak today. He wants it to make it very clear that he does not want the wicked to die. He does not desire this. If you look in verse 11, it says, He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants the wicked to turn from their ways and live. Turn from your ways and live. Which is all about what repentance is. Let us continue on with what the Lord is saying from where we had left off. So we 
are going to continue in verse 21. Oh, and before I do, um, it says, When a wicked person turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live by it. Um, and also, like, you're pro you know, when you are to tell people to turn from your wicked ways, they need to know what sin is. They need to know why they need to turn from it. And they need to know how to do that. And so it's very important that if you don't know that as a Christian, that you learn today and warn and, you know, even get yourself in check. And the way to live is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And admitting that you are a sinner in need of saving. And the only way you will be righteous before the Father is accepting his son, Jesus Christ, who died for you on the cross. He died and he rose again on the third day. He did this so that you will be seen righteous. So that you will be seen in glory. He wanted a relationship with you and I, which is why... He sent himself in the form of a son. As you might have heard of, wrapped in flesh. Birthed by Virgin Mary. He does not want us to die in our iniquities. He wants to save us. Which is why he's sending out the warning. And um, verse 20 says, Yet you say, The way of Adonai is not fair. House of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his ways. So, at the end of the day, no matter what someone chooses, no matter what you and I choose, he's going. we're all going to have to face God one day. We're all going to have to behold his face. We're all going to have to meet him eye to eye. And behold him. And face him. How does that make you feel inside? Truly ask yourself this. And when you say that the way of Adonai is not fair. God says this to you from Micah chapter 6 verse 3. Oh my people. What have I done to you? Or how have I wearied you? Answer me. And the reason why he says this is because he always reminds us of where he has brought us. And where he has brought us out of. And what he has brought us through. Think of how far you have come. Yes, think of how far you have come. But also remember who has brought you here. Think of all your blessings that you have. Does life get hard? Yes. Does it get weary? Yes. But the joy of the Lord of our, is our strength. And we must look at how far he has brought us already. And the blessings that surround us compared to others.
and he's told us from the beginning of what to do. Verse 8 in Micah 6 says, He has told you, humanity, what is good, and what Adonai is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is all about relationship. If we don't have relationship, if we don't have Holy Spirit indwelt in us, we don't have oil. So verse 21 of Ezekiel 33. In the twelfth year of our exile, on the fifth day of the tenth month, a survivor from Jerusalem came to me saying, The city has been struck down. The hand of Adonai had been upon me in the evening before the survivor came. He had opened my mouth by the time of his coming to me in the morning. So my mouth was opened and I was no longer mute. Then the word of Adonai came to me saying, Son of man, the inhabitants of these ruins in the land of Israel keep saying, Abraham was only one, yet he inherited the land. Since we are many, the land is given to us as a possession. Therefore say to them, Thus says Adonai Elohim, You eat with the blood, lift up your eyes to your idols, and shed blood. Should you possess the land? You rely on your sword, commit abominations, and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Should you possess the land? Say this to them, thus says Adonai Elohim, As I live, Surely, those who are in the ruins will fall by the sword. Whoever is in the open field, I will give to the beast to be devoured. And whoever is in the strongholds and in the caves will die of the plague. I will make the land a desolation and a horror. The pride of her power will cease. The mountains of Israel will be desolate, so that no one will pass through. They will know that I am Adonai, when I have made the land a desolate waste because of all their abominations that they have committed. Now as for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you by the walls and of the doorways of the houses. Each one speaks to one another, saying to his brother, Come now, hear what message is coming forth from Adonai. So they come to you as people come and sit before you, as my people hear your words. But they do not do them, for with their mouth they express doubting love, but their hearts go after their own dishonest gain. Look, you are like a love song to them, one who has a beautiful voice and can play well on an instrument. Thank you, Lord. They hear your words, but do not practice them. When this comes to pass, behold, it is coming. They will know that a prophet has been among them. Wow. <laughs> is this an easy message to proclaim? Absolutely not. But I'm doing it because I know that the Lord wants me to do it. And... It actually hurts because um, 
you know, it reminded me of you all listening. It says that they come to you and sit before you as my people and hear your words, but they do not do them. And I really hope that isn't the case of all of you, and I'm sure it's not every one of you, but if there are people here who do listen and don't listen to what I have to say today or even previously, just know that you are loved and I tell you these things out of love and that everything that I say doesn't come from myself but comes from the Lord. So whenever you don't actually apply the word of God to your life, it's not that you're not listening to me, but you're not listening to him. And that means that you don't have the fear of God in you. And it's so important. Because the fear of God doesn't mean that you're afraid of God. But the fear of God means that you have reverence toward him. That you respect him enough and love him enough and want him enough to do what he does and honor what he does. Because we're not supposed to be of this world at all. We're supposed to be like this podcast represents. A living sacrifice. And must I remind you of Romans 12 verse 1. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters on account of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. Which is your spiritual service of worship. So our lives, how we do our lives every single day. Is our worship to God. So whatever it is that you're lacking. Is how you're lacking in worship to God. Like. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down here. Like I'm not condemning you at all. Because. That is not my place. And. You know, even the Lord does not condemn you. But he is simply just putting the warning out there. Because God is a God of justice. And because he is a God of justice and he is a judge, he must judge rightly. He has to go by the book. And he has to do things the right way. Because that is how he is. That is who he is. He is the God of truth. And I had hoped that with you listening to my podcast or reading my blog at loveneverfails.blog that I would hope with my words to and the way that I present them to you, um, you know, it's, it's nice that you come here and you feel that I am someone that is um, lovely to listen to. Um, and that you consider me someone 
um, nice to listen to, but at the same time, like, I'm hoping that the way that I express myself shows you that I mean what I say and that um, I truly want what's best for you and I hope that the way that I say things encourages you and pumps you up to do the right thing, to be the good in the world, to be the light in the world, you know? To present ourselves as a representation. Not for ourselves. Not to make ourselves look good. Not to make ourselves feel good. But to show that we are his people. For God. This is all for him. For he laid his life for us. So now it's time for us. To lay our lives for him. To bear our crosses. And you know, he doesn't really ask much of us. When you really think of it. He's already done it all. Simply the things that we do are just because of our love for him. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do the things which I say. You do not want to hear the most fearful thing, the most fearful words of the Bible. Which is facing God and him shutting the door on you, saying that he did not know you. Yes, God technically knows everybody. But he wants a personal one-on-one relationship a meaningful one not just saying hey god i checked in today bye it's important that we read his words every single day even though our lives are busy making time being those living sacrifices in everything that we do Everything is an act of worship, whether it's our jobs, whether it's providing for our families, you know, cooking them dinner, inviting them over, being a hostess, helping that person down the street, helping that person cross the street, whether it's singing a song or making an art piece, no matter what it is, it's all It all can be an act of worship. But it's all about heart placement. Doing things out of love. Doing all things out of love. The Lord wants you to know today that He is bringing things to the land. He's bringing sword to the land. He's he's bringing unimaginable things to the land. And he wants you to know this. He wants you to be warned and he wants you to warn other people to so that they don't die in their iniquity. So that they have a chance to live. That at the end of this rope called life, <laughs> 
It's not an end. It's a go on to the next journey with him, walking hand in hand with our Lord and Savior, following the shepherd. He wants you to know that sword is coming. And that when it comes, and if you didn't listen to this message, or if other people didn't listen to you, and then when the sword comes, when it comes to pass, because it is coming, just as he says, they will know that a prophet had been among them. You will know that I was of the Lord. Because I sent out the warning. You heard the warning. And now it's coming to pass. When that comes to pass, you will think of me. You will think of the Lord. And you will wonder why. Not why did he do it. But why didn't you listen? Now, I want to bring up. A dream that I had had that, you know, because I knew to say this message to you all. And it's not that I wasn't going to do it. But I think that the Lord was pushing me to know the importance of it. So it was a very short dream. But I was looking out of the window, my kitchen window specifically. And there was a tree that had fall leaves on it. And, no, this, when you look out my window, there aren't trees like that, like, like not out this specific window. There's only a couple pine trees. So, this tree does not exist in my actual window. But, he showed me this tree with leaves, fall leaves, so I knew it was this time. It was this season. And, all of a sudden... The color started to change. So, you know, if you're staring at a TV screen, you know, and have you ever seen when the color, all in one color though, like the screen's all one color and it changes, let's say, from yellow to green to red to orange and it just flashes those different colors, all one color, you know, over and over. And that's what was happening. It's like how when you stare at an object for a long period of time and then it seems like that object is changing because your your vision is so focused on it. That's what was happening. I was just staring out to this tree and that's what was happening. And then all of a sudden... My vision went black. I couldn't see anything. And literally, in seconds of that happening, I hear my husband in the background, who, in my dream, I was aware that he was in the living room. Him screaming, No! Which, I've never heard this man scream. And he seemed terrified, almost as if he was going through the same thing I had just went through. And in this moment, so it went black, I hear him in the background screaming no, and then I have this feeling of falling, like just falling, but I don't see anything, just darkness. 
and just hearing him and it was terrifying and I had just woke up I woke up because I was scared and it's not a very good feeling at all and I also took that as a warning you know God wants me to warn the people he wants me to warn you he wants me to warn others and I tell this dream because I want you to know the significance of it. Like, life is no joke. The air that we breathe every single day comes from him and him alone. He is the spirit that gives us life. It is his spirit that we breathe in daily. He gives that to the wicked and to the good. And, um... He wants you to know the significance, you know, because if you choose death over life, it's truly no joke and it's everlasting. It's forever and it's not fun and it's not a joke. And I, and I honestly just don't even want to think about it. Um... In Luke 1, there's a verse in 37, um, and it brings up the supernatural. And um, I think that as time goes on, we're going to see more and more supernatural things, if we haven't already. And um, they're just going to incline. And... Uh, you know, my friend and I, uh, my sister in Christ, uh, we've talked about angels quite a bit um, in recent times. And I'm pretty sure that's where I got this verse from. But it says, Mary believed the message given to her. So Miriam, which is another name for Mary, said, Behold, the servant of Adonai, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. So, there are many accounts of angels approaching people and giving a message. Now, I'm not saying that I'm an angel <laughs> giving you a message, but I'm just using it as an example of what happens when you don't listen to the Lord versus when you do. So, Mary is an example of someone who listens to the message of the Lord. And... There's another instant where someone did not listen to the message of the Lord given by the angel. And you can go look this up yourself because we have to study ourselves approved. But there's another story within the Bible that shows us that an angel gave a word to someone and they didn't believe it right away. They were unsure of the message given to them and they said, how do I know that this is from the Lord? And when they didn't believe this, the angel said, because you did not believe me, you are going to be mute until it comes to pass. And so this person was literally unable to speak until it came to pass. And note, both of these stories have to do with a, a birth of a child. And... Um, they didn't, like, one was an example of 
um, believing that the birth of the child was to come, and then the other one was they didn't believe that it was going to happen. And so our faith, our faith to God is so important. Faith is so much more um, important to God than um, anything. And uh, Mary, who birthed Jesus, believed God. And she said, let it be done to me according to your word. So basically, your will be done. We should always want the Lord's will above our own, even if we don't understand it. So my question is to you in this moment is if an angel approached you in person or a dream, and no, some angels are angels unaware, so you must be nice to anybody who approaches you because you don't know who they might be. So if an angel approached you, like I said, in person or in a dream or vision, because they can come to you in a dream, would you believe them? Do you believe God's word? Has he hinted something to you that you have doubted? So has he hinted something to you, a specific message that he told you that something would come to pass recently, and then you doubted that message? These are just things for you to think about. And to take it to the Lord and pray and talk with him about it. Because he will show you the way and he will clear your thoughts. And he will, he will show you what he wants you to know. And he will confirm the things that he wants you to believe. Um, you know, test the spirits. Test what I'm saying. Um, bring it to the Lord. Luke 1 verses, sorry, verse 45 says, Blessed is she who trusteth that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by Adonai. So break down that verse. Blessed is she who trusted that there would be a fulfillment of those things, that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by Adonai. So I want you to write that verse down. Luke 1 verse 45. And everything that I am every word that I emphasize on, I want you to underline separately. Blessed is she. Not is she, so just blessed. <laughs> blessed is she who trusted that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by Adonai. And I want you to really think about this verse because it's important. So if you trust that there would be a fulfillment of the things that the Lord is telling you, spoken to you by God, then you will be blessed. That is exactly what this is saying. Now I want to end the last of this with the words of the Lord. 
and I'll tell you what each one is, which each one is from. Um, but please listen to the words of the Lord today, and truly take them to heart. Thank you. So note the rest of this word will just be the word of God speaking, not myself, but I will state where each one is from. The first is from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 50. Then Mary said, My soul magnifies Adonai, and my spirit greatly rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with care upon the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done a great thing for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is from generation to generation to the ones who fear him. Psalm 147, verse 11. Tree of Life Version. Adonai delights in those who revere him, in those who trust in his loving kindness. This is the same psalm, but the King James Version. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Psalm 25 verse 14 The secret of Adonai is for those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Because you trusted me, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 39 verse 18